Well, if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to the book of Joshua. Good crowd this morning. Many of you are probably here because uh, you have cabin fever or something, but we're glad that you're here. And I think while we got a good tenants today is word got out that Brother Rob and Brother Bill were preaching again. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint y'all, but no, I want to thank Brother Rob, Brother Bill. They, I heard they did a wonderful job. I'm telling you, God will provide. And he's given us these two good men, and I'm grateful for that. And I'm sorry I couldn't be here, but uh, maybe it was good I wasn't here. Maybe I would have been the one that killed. If you have your Bibles, we're in Joshua. We're in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9, but we're just going to read the first four verses. And if you had to put a title on this morning's message, it's a very simple title of give and take. Now, if you're married, you understand and they tell you, and if you come to counseling and you're having problems in your marriage, I'm going to say something like, well, you know, marriage is a, a give and take. I was counseling uh, a couple not too terribly long ago. They came in, they was having some problems. And I said, well, what's the problem? Well, this gets our way. And, I said, well, you know, this thing is a give and take. And uh, he looked at me and he says, I understand that, but why am I always one giving? I couldn't answer that. I said, brother, I can identify. <laughs> but in a relationship, it is give and take. But when it comes to the promises of God, we need to realize when God has given, we need to take. And God has given us so much. He's given us salvation. There is someone here today. I, I, I don't say this uh, just to be preacher talking or anything like that. But I know there is someone here today that you have heard the gospel story. You've heard about how Christ died for your sins and how he paid your penalty. And how he is offering you. He's wanting to give you eternal life but you have not taken it. I want you to know we're praying for you today that today you will take Take and see, it is good. And so we see a little give and take. Joshua chapter number one. Listen to what the Bible says. And it says now, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all the, these people, unto the land which the Lord gave Amen. to them, even to the children of Israel. God is speaking to Joshua. It's a direct line. He says, now, Joshua... Uh, you need to rise up. You're now are going to be leading my people. And you're going to lead them to a land that I've already promised you. Look at verse number three and he says, and every place. Now, now he says, now here's what I'm going to give you. He says, now every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you as I said unto Moses. Verse number four. 
from the wilderness and this Lebanon. Then you said, wait a minute, it's Lebanon. No, it's Lebanon here. Over there, it's Lebanon. I'm just telling you. Now, people are not from here. They call where we live Lebanon too, but that's because they live up north and don't know any better. Okay, already I've ticked somebody out. I'm not, hey, I love people from the north. We have a number of our people that have has saw the light, got saved, and moved south. I mean, you know, so we, we, we got them in our congregation, so we love them. Now, if they can only get that uh, talk down a little better. Slur, you know, slow, slow, slow. <laughs> the more I talk, the worse I'm getting in trouble. So let's move on. He says, into Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates. Now catch this. And all the land of the Hittites and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. This morning, we're going to preach a very simple message entitled, Give and Take. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. Lord, we thank you for what we've already experienced in this place today. Lord, we thank you for the Spirit. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we thank you for your people that have come expecting now, Lord, we've already have been singing about it. Now it's time for us to claim it. You have some victories in store for us. And Lord, I pray that we would be a body of believers here that want to take everything you're going to give. And Lord, we thank you for that one that's here today that has never accepted you as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I, I'm praying today they will take what you offer. You've offered eternal life. You've offered them a home in heaven. You've offered them not only eternal life, but you've offered them abundant life. And Lord, that they will be willing to take that today. They'll get saved today. But Lord, there's others that are here and they've already have taken of that. Sweet salvation. They've tasted and said it is good. But Lord, we have not claimed some of the victories that you had in store for us for various reasons. I pray today that when we walk out of this place, we would make a commitment that we're going to take the land that you've given us. And we thank you for what you're going to do these next few moments. Lord, when it comes to the invitation, that you'll just sit on this place. Conviction will fall on this place. And we will be obedient to what you've told us to do this morning. And we pray all of this in the most lovely name, the mighty name, the saving name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. So here we already understand the story. The story is that Moses has now died. Joshua is man up. Oh, now he's been instructed. He's been commanded. God has spoke to him personally. Uh, let me ask you this question. Does God speak to you personally? 
Do you have a time in, where you set aside that you just get alone, just you and God, and you talk to God, but most important that you listen to God? God wants to speak to you today. God wants to speak to us as a body of believers here at Hillcrest. And He's wanting to tell us, He says, I got some promises that I want you to be able to claim today. And so we see the story. Uh, we know that uh, this has been referenced to the promised land. There was a song, and, uh, and I don't know if we've sang, uh, I know we've maybe done it before, but it's Canaan Land is Just in Sight. Y'all remember that song? And many times the promised land or Canaan is, uh, many people refer to it as a picture of heaven. Well, I wanted to go ahead and dispute that this morning because we need to understand that it's not a picture of heaven because heaven is a place there will be no more struggles and no more battles and where the war has been won. This is not a picture of heaven. And we're going to see as we go through this book, we're going to see many times over they had to have fighting, uh, they had struggles, they had hardships. But in the midst of that, they received victories. Isn't that what we're living in today? We, many of you here today, you're going through a battle. It may be a financial battle. Maybe it's a personal or a relationship battle. Or maybe it's something at work. But you're going through a battle. Some of you are going through some health issues. and We can go on and on and on. And I dare say that the majority of us here this morning, we are facing battles. But I got good news. Victory is on its way. That's a promise of God. We, we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 57, uh, the Bible says that thanks be unto God who gives us the victory through Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. I got good news for you, believer. Whatever you're going through, God is going to bring a victory into your life. God has promised us, and God has not only promised us, but He has recorded it many times over that when he saved you, when I was saved, he did not expect us to be living defeated lives. Many of our people are defeated this morning. I started thinking about being defeated and I go again to my issues there and just being honest with you, I was defeated. I was seeing things I hadn't seen. I told somebody, it was, uh, and some of you will catch this, that I felt like I was on an acid trip without doing acid. Okay, those of you who've laughed know exact. Y'all used to use acid, didn't you? Bunch of pill heads. <laughs> I mean, I was seeing all kinds of things. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I was getting frightful. That's the reason why I thought I better go uh, down there. And I already alluded to it. I was under my little juniper tree. Uh, but uh, I've come to realize God's in control. God's going to take care of my situation. And God did not expect for me to be defeated and stay under that tree. He expects me to get up and get busy and move forward in the glory and honor of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Church, we are not to be defeated. Believer, you're not to be defeated. 
God wants us to be victorious. He wants us to be available. I talked in this morning Sunday school class that, that He's really not interested more so in our abilities. But He is interested in our availability. You can have all the ability in the world and still not be successful in the Lord's work because you depended upon your abilities and you didn't rely upon the strength of the Lord Jesus working in and through you. See, God is looking for people who are available. Thank God for that. I'm glad that God doesn't go ahead and He says, okay, here's the qualifications. You need to have this. You need to go there. You need to go to Bible school. You need to do this. You need to be able to speak English well. I would have failed on all of those accounts. Thank God that He says, I'm looking for someone who's available. You go ahead. I'll take care of the ability. And so we see here uh, that they were wilderness. Now, their promise was given back some time. The promise was given to Moses. He alluded to that a couple of times in the text that we just read. And we also see you all go back uh, even to the day of Abraham. Abraham was given a promise. And we see all through the Scripture, God is giving promise after promise after promise. He's given a promise to Moses. And He told Moses, and He's going ahead and tell Joshua the same thing. He says, God has given us this land. Now go take it. But they wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Why was that? Because of their disobedience. See, you may be in the wilderness this morning. You feel defeated. You look around and say, I don't understand why things are happening in my life the way they're happening. I don't understand why I can't, I just, I just don't seem like I, I just, it just doesn't seem I can get contentment in my life and get peace in my life. And, and we go around and we mope around and I started thinking about this and I, and I wrote just a few things of why we are wandering in our spiritual wildernesses. First of all, many times over, it's because of doubt. Now, I'm not referring in particular to doubting your salvation, even though that's a real doubt. Here's what I've come to find out when someone comes to me and says, well, I don't know what's going on. I'm just kind of doubting. I don't know if I'm really saved or not saved. And so you take them back and ask them, well, did you do this? And uh, they say, yeah, I did all that. And I said, well, why are you basing your doubt? And they'll say, and it usually comes around, I just don't feel it. Well, my dear friend, your salvation is not based on your emotions, the way you feel about things. Our salvation is based upon the Word of God. And so there's two things. If you're doubting this morning, maybe you're struggling with your salvation. There's two things. Either you're lost or Satan's messing you up. That's the two answers to that. And so I'm not necessarily talking about doubting your salvation. I'm talking about doubting your ability. I'm talking about doubting leadership. I'm talking about doubting if God is really going to do something. I'm talking to somebody today. You're, you're in doubt. 
Man, you're, you're, you're just like one way. Well, you know, I don't know. I don't know. And, 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 and then we're, we're all concerned about personality. We're all concerned about a number of things. And in itself, I'm not saying that you shouldn't have and you shouldn't have a voice to things. I'm not saying that at all. But we just got to come to realize if God's really in control, why are we doubting? If God is really in control, why are we just kind of sitting back and waiting to see who's going to come up? And now you're in a spiritual wilderness because of your doubt. But it could be that you're in your spiritual wilderness this morning because of your drought. You just dried up. Now you're going around, you're very quick, you're blaming your Sunday school teacher Teacher doesn't feed me anymore. I don't know why I'm going to class. And, and you're hitting and missing. And, uh, you know, that preacher, even though he wears gangster suits sometimes. <laughs> oh, I heard your comments. It was better than the, uh, the first comment I got was I looked like a pimp. So I want to know, how do you know what a pimp looked like? Uh, oh, I've been called, you know, I need to open up a, a, a blues club, you know, and all that. And, or I need to be, are you a member of the mafia? And, uh, and I said, yeah, can't you tell my uh, Italian accent? I mean, you know, I, I heard all your comments about my suits and that's okay. I can handle it. Go ahead and make fun of me. I don't care. But your drought is that you're blaming everybody else. And then when you start to ask the question, well, what about your prayer time? Oh, you know, I probably could do a little bit better about that. And, you know, I, you know what about your Bible reading time? Well, you know, Brother Mike, I, I, got, I got four kids and, they're all involved in this. And, you know, I, I try to squeeze it in. What about your attendance? Well, you know, that I don't, li I don't like it. I don't like it. But we had a weekend ball trip to Georgia. I don't like missing church. But we had to go down because my son, you know, uh, the averages are, are really uh, are in his favor because only like 1% move on to the other level. But you know, my, that boy of mine is in that 1%. So I'm doing it to help him. And then you wonder around, God is not active in your life. You wonder why you're not getting any victory in your life. You wonder why you're moping around. You wonder why you're wanting to blame everybody. Nobody's feeding me. When the bottom line is, it's your fault. It's your fault. It could be that you're wondering this morning and you're not claiming what God has promised you and it could be that we as a corporate body are just kind of wandering along and we're hearing things like, if we can just hang on. I'm telling you, I'm sick and tired of hearing this. Let's just hang on until the new man comes. God wants us to do it now and God has promised us now to go and claim the land that he has promised us and it's about time we 
took God's word and started acting upon God's word and claimed the victories that he has in store for us. We've been in the wilderness too long. You've been struggling your life too long. And God never intended for you to be defeated in your walk. So it's time to get out of the wilderness. So it could be drought. It could be you're just doubting things. Or it could be your drive. What is motivating you to do what you're doing for the cause of Christ? Now, it's going to get a little tight right now. Why are you doing what you're doing? Because you have an agenda? What motivates you so you can get recognized? Let me just go ahead. Let me just just personal testimony here. Being in the lamblight is not what it's all cracked up to be. I'm just letting you know. But if I'm up here this morning just because I like the bright lights, then I need to be removed from here. Because my motivation is your motivation, balcony, your motivation is not because we have an agenda, not because we think this is how things need to be run. This is not because I want people to recognize me. I want to go around when they say, oh yeah, they're, they're this, and we get name recognition. Our motivation and the only motivation that we have is because I want to glorify and honor the one who died for my sins and I want to lift him name, his name up and what I have and what my position is it's not because I wanted the position it's because it gave me an opportunity to brag on Jesus and so here we see that they were in the spiritual wilderness for 40 years many of you are in the spiritual wilderness but then we also see that this call not only was uh, for them to claim but we also see it was a call of confidence. I find it very interesting. We read it in our text. Is that God told them, okay, this is your land. Notice in verse number three. In verse number three, it says, wherever you place your foot, it's yours. And then he reminds, he says, I was with Moses and I'm going to be with you. Uh, I've came across this, that this land that was promised them was about 300,000 square miles. Now, find it interesting because of verse number three, they were not limited to the 300,000 square miles because the Bible says wherever you walk, that belongs to you. They only claimed, out of 300,000 square miles, they only claimed 30,000. Some of you have done the same thing. Some of you, your salvation, you're just happy that you're not going to hell. And that's a pretty good, (laughs) I mean, I'm I'm not faulting you on that one. But God wants much more than that. 
Jesus said it this way. Jesus says, I've come to give abundant life. And and matter of fact, and I'm not pointing you out, but if I had an attitude where the only reason I'm getting saved so I can stay out of hell, I'd be a little worried about my decision. I want everything that God has in store for me. I've seen it way too many times. There are a lot of churches that they had the potential to be larger congregation, but they were satisfied with just a little dab. I don't want to be a member of a church like that. I want everything that God has in store for us. Remember the prayer of Jabez, where Jabez said, Lord, enlarge my territory. We ought to have a prayer like this at Hillcrest Baptist Church. Lord, enlarge our territory. Now, what's the purpose of that? Not so we can go boast around and say, hey, look how large our congregation is. It's because if he enlarges our territory, we will have more opportunities for the cause of Jesus Christ. See the motivation? See the drive here? Why do you want to have in life? Why do you want more? So I can have more of an influence. I'm excited to tell you that uh, we uh, uh, have been doing some nursing home uh, uh, study, Bible studies, and, and doing some worship. And I was just doing a, a couple of them. Uh, but our men, some of our men have stepped up. We are now, and I could give you all more detail, but uh, I th- don't have the time, is that and we are now, if I've counted correctly, we are now in six nursing or assistant or retirement facilities in this town. We have now are having, and we, we will have ongoing Bible study and worship in these places. That's what I'm talking about. See, we understood that we are wanting God to enlarge our territory. We're not going to wait. We need it now. We want to do it now. And many of you have stepped up as well. And, and, and I'm telling you, our choir, and uh, we, we see that uh, we're going to be talking. You're going to hear more about a vision. <laughs> a little play on words for me, but... March the 4th. I want you to go ahead and mark it down. Put it in your iPad, whatever you're using now. March the 4th is Vision Sunday at Hillcrest Baptist Church. On March the 4th, that's the Sunday before our Bible conference starts that Wednesday night. We're going to have high attendance in our Sunday school. But we're not just going to have high attendance in our Sunday school. But today, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a quick preview, Sunday school teachers, you're going to learn more about how we're going to get ready for Vision Sunday. Every one of our classes will be challenged. Every one of our classes will be challenged that they will have a vision statement for that particular class. And we're all going in our classes on March the 4th, all through our Sunday school department and also our other ministries. I've already talked to our children's uh, in our preschool. I've already talked to our youth and we're going to be talking to our men's ministry and our women's ministries. And, and we're already uh, going to be talking to the, our, our music ministry as well. We're all going to have a vision. We believe this is what God wants us to do in this coming year. Vision Sunday. And we're looking 
15. He says, well, Brother Mike, we're looking to have 715 in Sunday school on that Sunday. Oh, Brother Mike. See, I've already heard some of you doubters. Don't you know that we're not running the Sunday school like we were about a year ago? What's that have to do with anything? I believe we can do that. I know we can do that. And we're going to claim that we're going to have 715, but it's not just to have the numbers in there, but we're going to have on that Sunday, we're going to let everyone in the congregation and we're going to let everyone else that will listen to us that Hillcrest Baptist Church has a vision that God has given us that we're going to claim the land that he's promised us. It's time to get out of the wilderness. But then we talk about vision in Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. In Matthew 7, 7, I just wrote the, you know what said there in Matthew 7, 7. But I wrote the three words, ask, seek, knock. See, the problem is that if you do not have a vision, you will perish. Bible tells us that. They did not claim anywhere close to what God had promised them. They were just happy to have their little spot and they were going to live happily ever after. God has never intended for us to stay status quo. God has never promised that we are not to continue to look for areas of reaching more people, more ministries, there are people that are moving into this town and in this county from all around the nation and even the world. I'm telling you, the fields are white into harvest. But if we don't have a vision of how we're going to reach them, we will perish. But God will give us the victory. He's promised that. So we started to look and, and, and we see that Jabez's prayer to enlarge. He said, I want God's hand upon me. But then I want to look in verse number five. We're back in Joshua now. We're going to see that where do we get our confidence? Where do we get our confidence that we can make bold statements like we're having 715 on March the 4th? How, how do we get the confidence that every one of our Sunday school classes is going to have a vision statement? How do we get the confidence that God is going to do this for us because God has promised us? And, and so here we are seeing that we can have a vision with confidence because it's not based upon what we can do. It's based upon what God can do through us. Look at verse number five. It says, uh, there shall not any man. I, I like this. There shall not. Any man. I got to me read it again. Go ahead and say it with me. Any man. Go ahead and say it. Any man. What does that mean? Do you know what it means in the Hebrew? Any man. You could say not not a man. No one. No one will be able. To stand before thee all the days of thy life as, and then he gets, here's the reason why. Not because you're so wonderful, not because you're so strong, 
But because I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. And I will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. We can have this claim. We can claim the land that God has promised us with confidence. Why? Because He's promised that He will be with us. Now, I want you to look at verse, uh, just go ahead and turn. 1 John, 1 John chapter 5, verses 4 through 5. Very quickly, I'm going to just paraphrase, just go ahead and earmark that. 1 John 5. This is what it says. And I'm paraphrasing here. It talks about being an overcomer. Right? He says, this is how we're going to be overcomer. We can be overcomers because the overcomer's in us. Now, that's what that text is saying in 1 John. See, I'm an overcomer not because I went through all the classes on how to be an overcomer and I passed. It's because I went to the Lord Jesus and I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. And the Bible tells me that if I call upon his name and he goes in John chapter 15, and if I abide in you and you abide in me, you will be my branches. You will have life. You will have eternal life. And so here in 1 John, I can have confidence that I can claim the promises of God. I don't have to be defeated. I don't have to wallow around in my self-pity. I can go ahead and say, I have victory in my life. Even when things are going bad, I still have victory because He told me, He's promised me, He's not going to leave nor forsake me. But then look at verse number 6. He goes on and says, in verse number 6, he says, uh, be strong. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thy divide for an inheritance the land which I swore unto their fathers to give them. God has given His promise that goes all the way back to the beginning. And He continues to promise. And His promises after promises. I don't get into statistics. It's been said that it's been over 800 promises in the Word of God. I don't know about you, but I think we ought to have an attitude. We want to claim everyone. I want to be blessed. Don't you? I want to be a victorious Christian. I want to be a Christian when people see me, they'll say there's something different about that man. I want to go around town when they come and I come into their stores, they'll, they'll say, even though they might not agree with me and they may even go to a different church, but they'll come in and say, well, one thing you can say about that old boy, he loves the Lord Jesus and it shows. And we, we blessing, why do we want to be blessed? So we can bless others. Here's the problem that we have too many times. We become too inward. Got quiet. I must be telling the truth. We get in and, and, and many times it's not intentional. I understand that. But we just kind of get used I sit in the same place every Sunday. I, I sit in the same chair in Sunday school. I, I have the same route. I go through the same gate. I park in the same parking spot. 
And I know some of you get ticked if that gets interrupted. Now, you'll say it kiddingly, but Sigmund Freud said there's always some truth in your kidding. He said, well, I, they, they must be new right here. They didn't know that was my spot. <laughs> Y'all know I'm telling you the truth. Somebody got ticked off today because your parking spot got taken. I'm, I'm telling the truth. And when you leave, you'll leave the same way that you came in. We get so comfortable. God never intended for us to be comfortable. Because when you become comfortable, you become inward. And when you become ignorant, inward, uh, ignorant too, I guess. <laughs> when you become inward, you become like a stagnant pond. Scripture says it should flow through us like river. Amen. That's good. We need to be getting out more. We need to start witnessing more. We need to be going to people that are not like us more. And we need to let them know. You can say a whole lot of things about us. But one thing you have to say is they love their God and they love one another. And so he goes and he says uh, in Matthew, uh, in Matthew chapter number 28, uh, verse number 18, Jesus speaking here, he says, I have all power and heaven is in earth. Now watch this. Uh, what does that have to do with me? Why does that give me confidence? Because God has promised you, God said that He wants you to be victorious. He's promised this church for us to be victorious. He says, here's how you can do it. And here's why you can claim that is because Jesus said He had all power. The last time I checked, the Bible tells us there in Romans chapter 10, verse number 13, so whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, which helps me to understand he sets up residence in me. And that same power is the power that's in with me. And I have to act upon that power. There is no limit to what we can do here at this church. The only limitations we have, us. Not fulfilling the promises that God has laid out before us. Not for us to claim the victories that He has in store for us. And so in verse number 6, he said, oh, we understand and he tells us that we can have all power. Now, I want you to go verse number 9. Very quickly, we're fixing to land this thing. We're fixing to come in the invitation. And then we're going to respond, hopefully, the way the Lord wants us to respond. I really believe with all my heart today, there's somebody that needs a victory. Amen. You need a victory. You've been living without Jesus way too long. You don't have any peace. You don't have any contentment. You put on a happy face, but inside you're miserable. And you're here today because you've been looking and you're looking and you're seeking. And, and we, I want you to know you don't have to seek anymore because you can find Him, the Lord Jesus, here today. But there's some that's been saved, but you've been defeated. You've been around the scrub, you know, just moaning, groaning, 
I don't understand why ain't nothing happening here. Somebody needs a victory this morning. Look at verse number nine. It says, and have not I commanded thee? Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Isn't that a good verse? The words of our Lord. He said, be of good courage. Be strong. Because I'm going to be with you. And I will continue to be with you. I haven't left you. Somebody just needed that reminder this morning because of the battle that you're facing. Lord hadn't left you. May seem like he has, but he hadn't left you. We talked this morning. I'll say it again. Everybody wants to know who's our, who's our new pastor, who's going to be our new leader. Newsflash. I'm going to tell you. I don't know. But, but, but watch this. But I know the one who does know. He deserves clapping for. He does, I, God knows what he's doing. And God already has the man picked out. What he's waiting for. Could it be that we got to get our act together down here? Oh, maybe you've been defeated and God says, how do you expect me to bless you? And I got the man, just the man that you need. He's the perfect fit for you. But I'm telling you, you need to go ahead and rise up like he told Joshua and go and claim the land that he's promised us. Hillcrest Baptist Church, listen to me. Listen to me well. God wants us to go forward and to claim what he's promised us. And could it be the reason why we're not getting the man that we want right now. Could it be because we're not ready for the man that God's already picked and God's still working on us to help us to understand that we are more than conquerors through Christ who strengthens us and it's time for us to claim the victory that he's already promised us. Lost person. Lost person. You need a victory this morning. This invitation's for you. We got, we're going to have deacons. We'll have others that will help you. I'll help you. If you need to get saved, when we ask you to stand and start singing, you don't need to hesitate. You need to get down and do business with the Lord Jesus Christ. You have your, your victory is here. You just need to claim it. Believers, some of you have been dragging your feet, dragging around, been having an attitude. I'll just sit back and see what happens. Shame on you. Shame on you. And you think God's going to bless us with attitudes like that? Now's the time to say, hey, I'm available. I'm not much, Lord, but I'm available. 
And I'm, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do what I can to glorify your name. I'm telling you, some of you need to get a victory today. Some of you have doubt. Some of you are in a drought. Some of you, your drive is not right. This invitation is for you. You need to get things settled. And I'm telling you, we will see what God has in store for us. But we got to take it. He's already given. It's time to take.